0: NewsCast is part of the Fire and Water Network. Hey, everybody. Hey, Dave. All right. How are you? I know who you are. I've seen you on the news. I can't believe it. Hey, everybody. It's Dave Richards, Channel 10. Channel 13. Oh, sorry. Never mind.
1: want to everybody knows you.
0: Hello, and welcome back to CheersCast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm your host, Ryan Daly, and joining me for the second episode of Cheers' sixth season is our friend and returning guest, the host of Back to the Bins and other shows on the True True Freaks Network. Welcome back, Paul Spataro. How's it going?
2: It's going good, and you know what they say, the good ones travel in pairs, right, <laughs>
0: Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, first of all, Happy New Year. Um, welcome back on the show. Um, it's
2: you. Always a pleasure to come on. And thank you again for inviting me. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. And, man. and
2: I, you know, I listened recently to your, uh, I guess it was your fifth season recap when you were going through uh, rating all the uh, Diane episodes. Mm-hmm. And I was listening and as it was, I was going through, as you were going through it, like you'd mentioned episode.
0: I was like, was I on that one?
2: Was I on that one? <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I knew, it's not like I didn't specifically request it anyway, but I was on the number one episode.
0: Fortune and Men's Weight. Yeah, you and Rob Kelly were both adamant. So I was like, well, I'll have you both because it's an episode that I can talk a lot about. I knew. And yeah, after the discussion, I was like, I think that's my favorite of that era. Um, And, you know,
2: there, there were a number that were the lower ranked ones. But as we've said so many times... Even a bad episode of Cheers is pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't have any problem that I was on lower-ranked ones, but it's kind of cool to have been on the top-ranked one.
0: That is, that is the, and I, I, Honestly, that is the trade, and I have, I have mentioned that to a few of my other guests who have been on multiple episodes, and sometimes if they're on more than one more season, I was like, I will give you a good one as long as you come back for a bad one, <laughs> or one of one of the weaker episodes you might have to suffer for, but I'll, I'll make it up to you in trade. But yeah, that that was the Diane era as you mentioned. Now we are in a new era, the the Rebecca years, uh starring Kirstie Alley and on the previous episode I talked about her introduction to the show and we paid we paid tribute to Kirstie Alley who just passed away uh, as we're recording this. But from you just kind of wondering just uh, the big picture before we get into this episode, your thoughts on either the transition from Diane to Rebecca or Kirstie Alley in general and kind of like this, this new era of Cheers, what you remember of it?
2: Sure. Uh, Well, you know, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, I was watching this contemporaneously as they were airing them and, you know, Shelley Long, you could say whatever you want about what people thought of her personally and, you know, whatever friction she had with other people. She had such chemistry with Ted Danson and, and really with the whole cast that, you know, you knew it was going to be a loss and Kirstie Alley was, was cast. And, you know, like so many other people, my familiarity with her was just from Star Trek. So I really, really didn't know what to expect. Um, but I was happily surprised. And one of the things that surprised me a little bit, and I'm really glad they did is they didn't try and go right into the, you know, sexual tension thing. Mm -hmm. They, they created an adversarial relationship with her and Sam, uh, You know, to the point of you know she's his boss, and he's got to you know toe the line a little bit, and you know it's a totally different dynamic at least initially. Yeah. Later on, they played with the sexual tension a little bit, but early on, it was a very very different dynamic, and I think that's absolutely the way to go. And and you never know, you never know how it's going to hit. I mean, when they when Nick Colasanto passed away, they went for a much younger but a similar type actor initially or at least yeah. a similar type of character yeah. uh, as far as the naivete and all of that goes and that worked out beautifully so they could have easily said well you know that worked so let's get another person for Sam to have the you know the sexual on and off again relationship mm-hmm. uh, and and I think they were wise to not do that I think then it would have just felt like then, then it really would have lent itself to well who do I like better Kirstie Alley or, or Shelley Long in in this instance, it got you, you know you were able to say well it's apples and oranges they're playing mm-hmm. two very very different parts and you don't necessarily have to compare them you might compare the errors but you're not going to compare the two actresses because they're playing different roles.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said, well said, and I I think you're right. And um, as I've been rewatching these, I, I've noticed like in terms of her dynamic with the rest of the cast, it's similar in that she is the outsider. She is very much a foil for sam or or the the friends, the camaraderie the the group dynamic that we like, Rebecca is in large part in opposition to that, whereas Diane was kind of just like the outsider who never clicked with them. Rebecca has no interest in clicking with them, and it's from more it it, it is from more of a superiority standpoint but it but not quite it is just like it's it's just a slightly different take on it so that there's there's similarities to the way she is an outsider, but it's not the same relationship. It's not just like a simple... One for one trade, but it does allow for some of the same types of gags, the same type of humor. But yeah, as you pointed out, and we talked about this a lot last episode, the power imbalance, the way the, the way the, the dynamic now is structured between her and Sam and the way she, she controls him and can manipulate him and, and what he's going to have to do in, in this episode and, and going forward in order to survive under her, uh, it will become something kind of interesting. So yeah. Um, Okay, let's get into this one. Uh, Season 6, Episode 2, Eye on Sports. uh, Written by some of the best Cheers writers and mainstays, Ken Levine and David Isaacs. Directed by James Burroughs. This one originally aired on Thursday, October 1st, 1987. Dave Richards offers Sam a job filling in for his nightly sports segment, Eye on Sports, on Channel 13. At the encouragement of the rest of the gang, Sam takes Dave up on the offer, but this means lying to Rebecca in order to get the night off. While the rest of the bar tries to cover for him, Rebecca sees Sam do the sports segment, but decides not to punish him for lying. By her estimation, either Sam will succeed and get hired by the station, or he'll fail miserably and come back to the bar humiliated and she can hold that over him. The biggest obstacle for Sam, however, is not Rebecca, but the commentary section of his own segment. After the first opinion is so boring, he is challenged to take on more controversial topics. He tries, and only reveals his ignorance of the subject. Then he tries injecting background music and rapping his commentary, much to the horror of everyone at Cheers and Channel 13. On the fourth night, Sam goes full-on ventriloquist act, the final catastrophic straw in his attempt as a sports anchor. Back at the bar, a humbled Sam resigns himself to his fate of just being a bartender. When the phone rings, he tells the rest of the gang that the station wants him back, but he turns down the offer to preserve his dignity. Rebecca picks up the phone, though, revealing the phone call wasn't from Channel 13, but Woody down the hall trying to help Sam lie to the gang all righty um as we pointed out uh yeah one of our guests for this episode dave richards played again by fred dreyer this is his last appearance unfortunately on cheers um and yeah uh, paul you mentioned that you were on his first appearance so you got the alpha and the omega of of dave richards which is such a fun character
2: he is fun and you know i was a little disappointed when I watched this, because I didn't remember going into it, how small his part is in this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought he was more significant throughout. And, you know, he's, he's really just in the opening, not the cold open, but the opening scenes. And then, and then he's done. And then it's, you know, all, all Sam, I don't want to give away my, uh,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> my, my I play, show my cards too early, but it's, you know, well Sam carrying the show at that point. So, you know, I mean, he, he's he got such a cool dynamic because you listen to him and you think this guy is a total idiot, but he has such confidence that mm-hmm. it's, it, it makes it funny. Uh, you know, I, I I honestly think I know one or two people like that in real life.
0: Yeah, I found myself thinking like there was... There was a slightly different energy to the way he played the character this time around. Almost like a, um, maybe a little bit more tired or something like that. Like, in, in like a previous episode, he always just had like this huge, like, smile, like, like you could, like, see the reflection, like, glinting off of his teeth, like this TV, like this, like, car salesman type of smile. And he was just, like, kind of so dense, like, you just kind of felt it. In this one, it seemed, I don't know, there was something about his, uh, like, performance that, I didn't feel like he was just like like sleepwalking his way through that, but it, it just seemed that he was like a little bit more tired, or just like it, the energy he wasn't as big. I felt, but it still seemed, yeah. I, I still, I still, he was, I, I, will be, he was very close to. He was the runner up for my MVP, even <laughs> with just, with his scene as small as it was. But yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, you see, I didn't perceive it the way you did. I didn't see him as lacking energy. I just saw him as. Like when he went over to Rebecca and he tried to pick her up, I just saw him as <laughs> so confident that she would just do whatever he wanted that he didn't even have to try.
0: But it also but felt what, like what, it, what did
2: he say? Something like, uh, "You know, I, I make an ungodly amount of money, and money I know what to I'm do not, with
1: I know it. Just
2: how to use it. You know, I I, I kind of wish that they had a Dave episode every season.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it, just you know, you don't want to overplay him because. I think you could overplay him easily if you did him, you know, any, any kind of long story arc with him or anything like that. But you, you just have him show up once a year. You know, you could have an episode like this. You could have an, an episode where, you know, he's he's trying to get Sam to go to some kind of party or something. But different stuff going on. And I, I think you could do one day of episode a season and, and it would be, you know, like like they eventually started doing with uh, Gary's Old Town Tavern.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, I certainly would have been all for more appearances by him. Um, by 1987, I'm not sure what was going on with Hunter during those particular years. I'm sure. I'm sure we covered it on, on one of your first episodes when we, we talked about him before. But uh, going through the the episode, starting with the teaser that we kind of skipped, um, picking up on the, the thing from the previous episode is that the the. Cheers employees now are required and expected to wear these uniforms, uh, these green uniforms that look like they're at some kind of chain or franchise bar. Carla complains about it. She comes in complaining that she looks terrible. She wants Sam to talk to Rebecca and see if they can get rid of him. When Sam approaches her, Rebecca tells him that the dry cleaning factory or something is on strike, so they need to be careful because they won't get fresh uniforms for a week. Sam and the others immediately start to trash their uniforms, dumping the the vegetables and the orange juice and the stuff all over them, and the fruits just to to trash the uniforms. So they have to take them off as an excuse not to wear them. So
2: see now the joke there, I didn't think was especially well written or clever. Mm-hmm. I thought that gag was carried. By Woody Harrelson's reaction to everything not getting and it. how he played it, yeah. not getting it, and then actually having the you know the light bulb go on and having him get it, uh, yeah. I thought that that was the charm of that opening.
0: Yeah, I agree. But yeah, he's yeah when he comes, like, you guys are gonna get it, and then yeah. yeah, and then his giddiness when he's dumping orange juice over his chest. Yeah, then coming back once once we come back from the opening credits. Dave walks in, and Woody is so excited that he recognizes him. He's like, "Everybody has to call attention to the whole bar." It's Dave Richards from Channel Ten, and Dave Craigs from Channel Thirteen. And Woody's like, "Oh, sorry." And he tells to the bar, "Never mind." Like he like, <laughs> as, as if as if he got the guy's entire identity wrong. Like this was a miss, miss mistake.
2: Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if it was that he got the identity wrong, or if it's like, well, it's exciting if you're on Channel Ten, but Channel Thirteen <laughs> doesn't count. Yeah.
0: I, I, I just assumed like I just assumed like he thought like maybe for a second he thought he got the guy wrong. He's like he's like oh wrong person because he he just assumed that the channel was right. Yeah, this is when Dave tells Sam that he needs this fill in for the week the Iron Sports segment. Um, Sam's not so sure. Carla encourages him. She's like every night you say you can do better than this stump. And Dave just plays <laughs> off. He's like eh, thank you very much, Carla. Um, what is how does Dave say? He's like you'll be great, Sam. You talk good like me, and you're handsome. So that's. <laughs> The only criteria. So.
2: You talk good like me.
0: Yeah. Um, and he mentions he pulls him. He pulls him close. And he's like, "See, the great thing about the job is you get to sit behind this desk and you don't have to wear pants." It's his little <laughs> joke on the audience, which, of course, of course.
2: As an aside, I just quickly looked. It says Hunter was on from 1984
0: to 1991. Okay. So, but yeah, he'd still been making some appearances. So he was on. Uh, yeah. Um. Once Sam is able to, he's like, "Commits." He's like, Yeah, he's like, I'll go. He's like, All right, well, then it starts tonight. You have to get over here. He's like, Wait, with no preparation? He's like, Yeah, I do it all the time. (laughs) Like, it's it's effortless. And then he's like, Go down to wardrobe and meet my good friend, Phil something or other.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, shows you just how shallow Dave is.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's he He tells him he's like he's uh, getting out of here because he's going to go out with his lady. And he, said, he hints at the fact that, you know, maybe the Dave man is finally going to settle down until he sees Rebecca walk behind the bar. And then he, he just pushes Sam out of the way to approach her. And you point out, but I love this. He just says, I make an ungodly amount of money and I know just how to use it. And then her response to like that li- that line in itself might have been very close to my home run for the episode, but then her response is just, you must be a friend of Mr. Malone's <laughs> <laughs> And then yeah, as I was saying, like once once she shuts him down, he goes, The pulsating Dave machine is history. <laughs> and he's he's walking out the door when Fraser stops him and Fraser goes he, he mentions that he conducts this group session for narcissists once a month. And Dave said, stops him right there and goes, my policy is I only show up if I get an award. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a beautiful moment. and like You just see the look on Fraser's eyes like, yeah, I can't help you. <laughs> like, this is beyond my medical capabilities. And then Dave is gone for good. Um,
2: and uh, we, we have that follow-up there, too, with uh – When Norm Norm says, I I think Norm's line was okay when he says, "Oh, I I think if you put your." head up to his ear you'd hear the ocean <laughs> yeah. and but but the to me the kicker on that is when woody says something about doing it and then cliff just looks at him and, and dismisses him as it might not work for you <laughs> it might not work for you <laughs> I, I i really thought that was you know that's that's cliff stepping above somebody else in the uh abuse category which is yeah, you know, yeah. so well, rare that that happens
0: yeah yeah it's rare that cliff isn't the bottom rung on the totem pole but yeah he does get he does get that one. Um. So then, once Sam is committed, that then he needs to be reminded that oh yeah, he can't just take a week off of work because he doesn't own the bar. It's not he's he's not his own boss. He needs to actually get permission from Rebecca to do this, and nobody thinks he will get permission. So Fraser suggests a deception, and Cliff is like, as a psychiatrist, isn't it your job to seek up all the truth? And Fraser goes, get real, Cliff. <laughs> so. Sam lures Rebecca out and has Woody call the bar, um, from the payphone down in the hallway. And this is gonna be like, so Sam picks up the phone in front of Rebecca and he's like, what? You say my apartment's been robbed? You say they cleared me out? I should come over there and not expect to be back for a couple of hours? Like, like, Cheers was always great at having, like, the one sided conversation to deliver those punchlines without the, with only the implied setup. But here it's Sam. Making up both sides when the conversation isn't even really happening, but kind of like giving her the details, like the fact that he says I should go there right now and not come back for a couple of hours. I just love the way he phrased this. You
2: know, I go back and forth. Sometimes I don't like when they show Sam as too dumb.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and and in this instance, I mean, for him to think she's going to fall for him, the way he's saying it, you know, it's just kind <laughs> of night na- at, at a minimum naive. Uh. Or, or, you know, overly arrogant. I'm not sure what you, what you'd do. But, and yet I still found it funny.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it, yeah. It,
2: it's, it's how much character do you sacrifice for the sake of humor sometimes?
0: Yeah, and that I think will be something to reconcile with going forward for the show because the Sam that we loved during the Diane years, who was a, a lot more canny in his way, um who had like that more like kind of worldly experience he was never the academic brain that diane was but he had a brain and a lot of times going forward in the later years you won't see as much evidence of that brain but it is in service of a lot of really good humor so i tend to forgive it
2: (laughs) well you you know with with Diane, you could, you could you could kind of play them off against each other as Diane being incredibly book smart and Sam being generally street smart.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But now you you know you now that you're creating the dynamic with Rebecca and you're trying to make it an antagonistic di- you know dynamic from the beginning. You know you, you got to figure out where where it's going to give you know where, where where is where is Rebecca going to have the edge over Sam and it's not just that she's his boss. Right. But she has to be a little bit of a foil for him with his, you know, schemes. Right. So, you know, it, 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 there's definitely a challenge there to write him in a way where he doesn't come off as being, you know, kind of dopey.
0: Right, right. Then then after, he, after Sam takes off, uh, Rebecca picks up the phone to hire a relief bartender. And, again, this was something that they mentioned in the previous episode when they had the guy Wayne. They talk about having a relief bartender. It's like... You keep calling attention to the fact that a bar this size only has two permanent bartenders on staff who are expected to work all the time. It's like, like this. Uh, but yeah, okay, I just I I have to accept it. But I just think like every time they call attention to the fact that they have no other employees other than just these few people, it's just so unrealistic. But, it,
2: it is unrealistic, but I think it's, it would be difficult to maintain the
0: illusion of having
2: a bigger staff.
0: I get it. I get it. it, it is, it's, it's part of the language of TV. We just accept that. But like, when they have lines like this, like I have to hire a relief bartender, like a, like a relief pitcher, they, they call it that. Um, but Woody is still on the line, standing in the hallway. He's been holding the dead phone this entire time. Um. Even though with it being a payphone, it would be an outside line. Like it wouldn't have been affecting the the, the phone at Cheers, like the one that she's picking up. Um. If she if he, Sam had already hung up. Um, I remember but,
2: back in in the you know in the older days with the landlines, I do remember, and I don't remember if it was if it was if you made the call or if you received the call. But mm. if if you it was one of those two. If you if the other person hung up the phone and you ha- you did not if they went to pick up the phone too quick the call would not have been cut off
1: huh oh, okay interesting i remember
2: I, I remember being a a young brat one time yeah. and and being on the phone with somebody and then i i like i refused to hang up cuz i was being like a wise ass oh yeah yeah <laughs> and every cuz they knew I wanted to make another phone call and and every time they picked up the phone i was still there yeah. and i thought it, i thought it was funny but really you know i i you understand be, now yeah. it was just it was just really annoying
1: right
2: uh <laughs> but but that was a dynamic that did work at one time and i don't know you know i i don't know when that stopped working it it might have still existed in the 1980s i don't know
0: well that could be our no prize for this one it's yeah we'll we'll say that that's why when she picks up the phone it's still woody on the other end although he's just standing there and has no excuse for being there or explanation for what he's doing and there's but it's
1: but
2: sam said just just stand there don't hang up and there's a Woody as if nothing else and 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 very you know (laughs) he's very uh
0: Literal to the, you know, to
2: the word. He, yeah. He's going to take. You know, he's going to do exactly what he's told.
0: There's a shot of the bar from down the hallway over Woody's shoulder, like his POV looking at Rebecca and the rest. And if you look at it again, Kelsey Grammer is just obviously cracking up. Like he's always like really good, like his reactions of being in the moment and like laughing when the guys are being funny or something. But this is like in this case, you could see like he can't hold it together. Like he's just laughing at Woody Harrelson. Um and Rebe- and he, he just seems so like goofy and unsure of like, why he's on the phone. Rebecca says she needs to hire a new bartender and Woody thinks that means because he's fired and he starts crying and apologizing. <laughs> so um then we get out of the bar and we go to uh the the Channel 13 news team um with Joanne played by Catherine McNeil who looked familiar and she's got a lot of imdb credits for this time period but just nothing jumped out at me like i remembered it like i couldn't tell you like what else anybody would know her from she's got she's got a good very dark line at the beginning when they segue from the news she's obviously giving uh, a news report about a, a killer or something or some convicted criminal because she's like "Keller is set to be executed on friday I guess that means he won't be around for the Patriots Buffalo game this Sunday. <laughs> so that's her transition that's to the sports segment.
2: That's a segue. That,
0: that is. Um,
2: so I'm then, looking at her I'm looking at her uh credits also and you you're right she has a tremendous number of them but there's nothing where I could say, "Oh yeah, that's what I remember her from."
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Sam starts to read the news and he's too in fine as he's just like reporting on like injuries and other stuff like that. Um, the guys are sitting around watching. When Rebecca comes out of her office, they're quick to change the channel to this old house. Um, and she's like, hey, why are you watching this? And they have to kind of play off and she goes back in later. They change the, uh, the show back to Sam and they hear him do his commentary on just being nice to just like not not saying anything bad to the home team he's like he's like i always heard you're supposed to root 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 for the home team and next time you're at the stadium if you can't say something nice don't say it at all and they're kind of like cringing and how really kind of pedestrian and, and dumb of a commentary that is Um, and he gets, and Sam kind of gets the same advice from, uh, Joanne, the news anchor. Um, but back, back at the bar, Rebecca comes out and they quick, they change the channel again, but she says that, you know, she, she missed the, whatever they were talking about on this old house because she was in her office watching Sam on her TV. And when she busts the whole group of them, they're just like, silently turn around and like like leave the bar like walk away from her and kirstie ellie has this like smug look like she just like took a drink of water and just like this smug satisfaction and i think it's one of the cooler rebecca moments earlier in the season when like yeah this is the power like th- that's a moment that diane could never achieve um, so that's just something that shows the way her character is different, and the way the sort of new sheriff in town type of attitude. But it's still really funny and really cool.
2: Yeah, I, I you know I hadn't thought of comparing it to how Diane would pull off the same kind of thing. Uh, you know, Diane wouldn't have been able to to hold back and 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 let it out without giving a you know lengthy explanation as to why she was watching Sam on there.
1: Right, and, right, and you know
2: it. it, it Rebecca just kind of met, said it, looked at them smugly, and let it go. Mm-hmm. And and that that was a winning moment for her.
0: And then so Sam comes back. He's he's tells her like the job is tough. He needs to come up with five opinions a week, which is like harder than he thought. And Woody's going, boy, you couldn't pay me enough.
2: <laughs> and there's well, yeah, I, I, and I have to say, I particularly I. I really enjoyed his first uh, opinion. Uh, and, and I I often found myself quoting him and saying, you know, just every once in a while, you know, shouldn't we just root 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 for the home team? <laughs> yeah.
0: And then Norm has one of my favorite moments too, when Sam was like, okay, I got to convince Rebecca to give me the rest of my nights off. And Norm's like, oh, that's no problem. I don't think you work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I also, just going back to Sam, I like his affect as an announcer. You know he he's, he doesn't speak freely. It's it's you know he's got a very put on voice for the sake of the of the show. And I, I you know it's nice that that Ted Danson was able to kind of make Sam be different for his on screen persona,
0: giving it a little bit more authority. More of, yeah, I know. Trying his... trying
2: to enunciate. More. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: We when he has to say what an arthroscopic, and then they call attention later when he pronounces Martina Navratilova when he says her name. Yeah. like hey, you got that one one in one take. When when he's busted by Rebecca and he's like, I'm sorry, I lied. She's like, Well, you used to be the boss. How did you feel when people lied to you? And and of course, Sam, it's the same thing like as, as the previous episode. Like at the moment when he should be on the floor begging for his job, begging for his livelihood. He instead, he, he can't help himself but turn this into, a, you know, a sexual thing. He's like, I had a rule. If anybody lied to me, they had to go to bed with me. Um, and to her girl she just shuts him back down. She's like, well, that's one way to make sure it doesn't happen again. So, and then this is when she kind of says, you know, this is a win-win situation. Either he'll get hired by the station and she never has to see him again, or he'll come back crushed and humiliated. So. Um, he goes back, and the nightly segment number two is when he's talking about artificial grass. For tur- yeah, yeah, like uh, like artificial uh, turf versus grass and, and fields. Um, and he makes a big deal about how grass is better. It's and it just like it looks better. And just it, he has like no no real reason. It just it's softer. It it's looks softer. better. It look it's better to look at. And then. Joanne is like, you know, I, I heard like in indoor stadiums it's impossible to grow grass. He's like, oh yeah, well on indoor stadiums, yeah, you have to use the other stuff. And then the weather guy is like, yeah, and they, I think they have like some new synthetic turfs that are actually helping to heal, like are better for injuries and stuff like that. And, and Sam's like, wow, I didn't even realize that, and just completely, you just see like the looks on the guys watching him, like. He he had no idea what he was talking about. He had no defense for his own position, and they're like, "You got to
2: question why these people would be so quick to try and sabotage him, (laughs) right?" And you know, they're like, "Like, do they already decide this guy's a buffoon, and we're going to make a fool out of him?" And you know, we know he's not going to be around, or or do they not like him? Because if if they if they either wanted him to stay around, or if they wanted him to do well in the job, or if they liked him, you wouldn't do that to him.
0: Unless they just assumed he would have a bigger, uh, like a stronger comeback to that, like like just kind of throwing him a line. Well, here, this is something else you can talk about in, in the context of your opinion. And it's just like, no, he's – they're like – so because she basically says, uh, what is your opinion? He's like, well, I have two opinions. I can go either way. <laughs> Um, and then from there, like they don't even see, they cut right to number three, and this is when Sam revealed that he got a letter or a call from a teenager, who said, basically <laughs> accusing Sam of being like a nepo baby, like he's just using his uh, his position as a former athlete in order to like move up in in this world and use that as a credential for to be a sports broadcaster. And he takes he takes out the boombox and starts playing background music and wrapping his sports commentary comeback about why it is good to let former athletes and jocks read the sports news because they know of what they speak. And it comes, like, just the fact that the line, like, the hinges on groin injury is just such a beautiful, like, who, whoever wrote like that groin rap for him. Injury. <laughs> whoever wrote that rap, I don't know if it was the series writers or, or somebody else coming up with that, but Oh, it's so chef's kiss beautiful.
2: Yeah, that that. I mean, again, I'm I'm just revealing myself, but that just cracks me up every time.
0: <laughs> and at the bar, they're like, "How do we? How, what what do we do when he comes back?" Because they at this point they assume he's fired, and they're like, what, "What do we do when he comes back? Like, how how do we how do we like help him save face?" And like, well, we can tell him he was brave, and Cliff is like, "Yeah, like a kamikaze pilot." And let's like talk to one of them. Yeah, again, I always want to meet one of those guys. The stories they must tell, huh? <laughs> well,
2: I think I, that that made me think of uh, the Odd Couple, uh, and there's an episode of the Odd Couple, which is, as I've mentioned in the past, my favorite sitcom of all time, mm-hmm. uh, where Felix has a friend from the war, and it's Pat Morita, uh, oh, yeah. and 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 he's he's a, a kamikaze pilot who lost his nerve during the war.
0: <laughs> oh. Sam asks Rebecca, and she goes, "As news rappers go, I thought you were fine." Which I think is just like one of the better comments, as news rappers go. I thought you were fine. Um, it really, like, I think, I, I think you could play like a dangerous drinking game with how many times they say rapping in like a span of two minutes. Like, I really think like they thought like this was a revolutionary thing, like this new hip kind of music that our, you know, NBC audience might not be aware of.
2: And they probably they, they might have thought it was going to be a passing fad at that point. Mm. Cause, you know, that could have been like the twist. You know? Sure. It comes, it goes, and goodbye. Sure. Uh, you know, they, at that point, you have no idea how long it's going to be around. Right. right. If, um, if, you to- if you told me back then that in 2023, they'd still be making rap songs, I probably wouldn't have believed it.
0: mm I don't even want to go down the rabbit hole of what, like what was the popular rap song in 1987, but uh, anyway, then we get to well, they basically tell him that yeah, everybody's doing rap and they, everybody's rapping these days. You don't want to be like the last person to jump on a trend or a bandwagon, so you got to do something really new and spectacular, like just reading the news, maybe. And instead, Sam comes up with the idea of having little Sam a ventriloquist dummy and puppet act. Um And as, he's, as as he's talking, as he's doing the bit, and we just see the look of abject terror on their faces, Rebecca, this is, again, almost my, my home run line when they're talking. Rebecca goes, if either one of them mentions the bar, I'm suing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love the way Sam does such a poor job of doing the ventriloquism. Yeah. You know, his, his lips are moving throughout without any real success at... At, at you know, throwing his voice, right. so I, I just get a kick out of that. I, I honestly never really understood the appeal of a ventriloquist on TV, anyway. But
0: it's not it's, my preferred brand of comedy, but uh, I I respect and appreciate the the talent that goes into it. I mean, the people who make it work that's that's a uh, that's a skill. I I do appreciate it. Again, it's not my thing, but. If you're good at it, that's that's special.
2: And and they also make great fodder for horror movies.
0: <laughs> there you go, there you go, and the odd Batman villain. But
2: <laughs> and I, I mean, I have a uh, a Groucho Marx ventriloquist dummy on, on the shelf behind me, but oh, I never try to throw my voice or do any actual ventriloquism. I just have him sitting there.
0: Yeah, there was uh, the old tales of the tales from the Crypt TV show, like the HBO version of the the spin-off the adaptation of the comic. There was um there was a ventriloquist episode with Bobcat Goldthwaite and I think Oh God, who was it? Ah why can I not think of the name? Famous famous stand up comedian, angry guy. Angry
2: Sam Kinison?
0: No, no, older, older generation. Um, um Don
2: but, Rickles.
0: Don Rickles. It was yes, it was Don Rickles. I could not think of his name. But yeah, Don Rickles and Bobcat Goldthwait were were uh doing like a ventriloquist well it, yeah, it was yeah, anyway, it was a it was a good scary episode of uh Tales from the Crypt that freaked me out as a kid. So So Sam comes back to the bar, defeated, embarrassed and everything like that. And Rebecca tries to buck him up and she's like, you know, you, you gave it a try, you put yourself out there, and this is the important thing. You know when to quit.
1: <laughs>
0: like, 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 let's not go for a fifth to try and, and and see where this can go. Um, so yeah, Sam tries to salvage his dignity by pretending that the station wanted him back, but as we see, as an as a return to the joke, it's just Woody on the phone in the in the hallway, and he doesn't know when to hang up.
2: And what's cool about that, I thought, is it's if if Woody had known when to hang up that time, he did it well and would have gotten away with it.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun episode. And again, we're still kind of feeling out the new the new uh, dynamics and everything, but I think pretty early on we've got a good rapport between Sam and Rebecca. We kind of know, you know, this is – it feels familiar enough to, like, you know, when Sam would try to pull a deception on Diane and had to go bigger and bigger to cover his tracks this time – it's not about deceiving Rebecca because that one gets exposed right away, but kind of just I don't know, t- you know, putting himself more and more out there and trying to save his dignity, and it just not going very well. Um, but yeah, overall, fun episode still. I liked it.
2: Yeah, I thought this was, you know, it's very enjoyable to watch. It's got a lot of moments in it that, you know, either make you laugh out loud or bring a smile to your face at a minimum, mm. uh, and then you know, the, the overall what it does with the overall story, you know, which we've talked about already a little bit is just far as, you know, creating some of that dynamic between Sam and uh, Sam and Rebecca, uh, you know, you got to figure in the early episodes, they really need Sam to not be able to pull one over on her because you have to show her to be a viable opposition to him. Right. And if he gets away with whatever he wants to do, you know, you're already setting her up to be lesser Mm -hmm. and, and, Ah. and that, that would have been a mistake. And Ah. I, I, I don't think they ever would have gone down that road anyway. Right. Uh
0: I also I also think denying or delaying the sexual tension depends on her being smarter than him. So,
2: yeah. And and it also, you know, what it what it allowed them to do was to see what the chemistry was between them and let it develop over time and see what the audience, you know, would be wanting. Yeah. So they, you know, they didn't rush into it. And again, I think that would have been a real mistake too, but just because of the comparisons it would have led to, but it also, you know, this, this let the characters, well, well Sam had already been been in existence, but Rebecca, it let her character grow a little bit and and show who and what she was before, uh, you know, they have sexual tension. And, you know, we, we, we do a lot with Evan Drake early on and, you know, there's some really good moments there and, I, I think they did a really good job of, unfold, you know, kind of unfolding the layers on her character.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, but also, I mean, like, for – we also see a compassionate side of her in this episode because, you know, she sets it up from the beginning. You know, I, if you leave here and I never have to deal with you again, cool. If you come back and you're just shamed and humiliated, I that's cool for me too. And but in like in this case when he is feeling down, you know, she she tries to be friendly towards him. She tries to help him out. And she's like, you know, you know, you tried something, it didn't work out, it's okay. And and, you know, she doesn't she's not rubbing it in his face. She's not a frosty ice queen. She is showing some heart and some compassion, which I do think makes her a a foil and an adversarial character that we still want to like and root for. Um which can be difficult at times, you know, if you if you don't thread that needle the right way. Um uh, for uh for some of our other categories for Norm's to have, so in the previous episode Norm had zero beer, so he did not make any anything. In this one, because we have the transition of basically a week's worth of time in this episode, he goes through a couple of them. So Norm had seven beers this episode. Um taking his total up to 491 for the series uh who paul was your employee of the week who did you think was your mvp
2: yeah i think i think, I think you think you were, you already know uh i think i already let that cat out of the bag there's no question in my mind it was sam uh you know he in my opinion you know he had some supporting players but he carried this episode
0: i i was i was That was my first thought. Obviously, it was a Sam-centric episode, and he was doing everything right. I considered giving the runner-up to Dave, but something about I just I just felt like I had to reward Woody for this episode because, like, every little bit that he did, and like from like all the stuff like with the phone, the jokes with Dave, and like pretty pretty much every line and like any little aside he had, it was just really good. And then I watched the thing, the scene when Sam is doing the rap. And it cuts to the bar, and Carla and Rebecca are standing behind the bar just like, what the hell is going on? And Woody is between them, and Woody is kind of dancing to the music. And <laughs> like that that moment, I was just, there's something about that. So I, I agree Sam carried this episode, but I just – I had to reward Woody because like 100% of his moments made me laugh this time around, so –
2: I can't really disagree with you. I mean, Woody's Woody was spot on in every everything he did in this episode, and uh, you know. But I just feel like just carrying off the rap in, in itself was enough that I had to give it to Sam.
0: Yeah, and, well, and because that actually for my home run, it is the entire rap, but specifically get get groin, get get groin, get get groin injury.
2: we 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 have the same home run but 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 i i you know when i first put on the episode my memory was that i was going to say whatever happened to root 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 for the home team i thought that was actually going to be my home run going into it but then when when the rap came on and i remembered it it was like oh yeah no no way i could put anything else (laughs) that that just cracked me up
1: yeah
0: um, and then, uh, as runners up go, like second place, almost anything Dave says from the I make an ungodly amount of money and I know just how to use it to the fact that he's like, my policy is I don't go anywhere unless I get an award. <laughs> so. Yeah, the, Again,
2: yeah. you know, it, it just makes. Knowing now that this is the last Dave episode makes me sad.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was so good. So good. Anyway. Paul, thank you very much. Um, it might be the last Dave episode. It's not going to be your last episode. I know I will have you back in the future, but until whenever date that is, uh, where else can our listeners find you in the podcastosphere?
2: They can find me on the, tr- tr- the two true freaks network where I am a, uh, co-host of back to the bins, which is a comic book, uh, review of yesteryear's comics. Uh, I'm also the host with uh, a rotating group of co-hosts on Is It Yours, uh, which is a movie review program, and I have a series of uh, shows that I've done with uh, Andy Leyland and Bill Robinson and Dave Pascarella, where we we go through various shows. We've done... uh, Firefly, which the title of that show was Keep Them Flying. We did Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which the show was Listen to the Prophets. We recently completed the Star Trek cartoon uh, from the 1970s that was called Trek," And we are now in the process of putting together The Village People, which is a review of every episode of the show The Prisoner. Yeah. Uh, and then when we finish that, I don't know what we're going to do, but we'll probably do something else.
0: Was the villi- Was the prisoner Andy Leyland's
1: idea?
2: It was Andy and Bill Robinson.
1: Okay.
2: The dynamic on that, which is Andy and Bill have seen every episode and are big fans of the show. And Dave and I had never watched any episodes before we started doing this. Mm-hmm. So we have two people who are well-versed in it and two people who are experiencing it for the first time.
0: Oh, cool. Very cool. All right. Very cool. Listeners, check those out over at the Two True Freaks Network. Um, thanks again, Paul, for coming back. Uh, And thanks to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts to support your favorite shows on the Fire and Water Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next time, we're closed.
1: A lot of controversy. Gonna take a stand. Won't show no mercy. A lot of folks say Jack shouldn't be uh, doing the sports news on TV. I don't wanna hear
2: the latest scores. My punch bowl broadcast. School boards. So get your scores from a guy like me who knows what it's like to have a drawn injury. You can get drawn. You can get drawn. You can get drawn injury.
1: Join